Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Good to see you all here tonight. We're getting a good ring up here. We're still pretty hot. Try to find that if you would. Psalm 119. Tonight I want to continue. We've been looking at a series about talking about spiritual growth, growing spiritually, becoming a mature, maturing Christian, continuing to grow, and and, uh, God wants us to continue to grow, and we've looked at a lot of different aspects of it. And tonight I want to look at dealing with the problem of sin. Sin is one of the biggest things that will keep you from growing spiritually. Um, A person, a Christian, that is living in sin... You can mark it down and guarantee it they're not growing spiritually. They are being stunted in their growth, and they're not getting victory in their life. Um, they're not being the mature Christian that God wants them to be. And, and it's so important that we're growing. It's so important because God wants us. Why are we even here? What's the purpose? What, why are you here as a... I'm not talking about church tonight necessarily right now. I'm talking about why are you here on planet Earth? What are you here for? Okay, helping others of the Lord. Okay, that's one part of it, absolutely. And obviously, that's probably, as far as what we, our action statement, it is to fulfill the Great Commission as a body of believers, as a church. But as individuals, we are to please God. We're, we were created for His good pleasure. And obviously, pleasing God is part of carrying out the Great Commission. That pleases God. That's why He sent His Son, obviously. And He wants the world to be saved. And so it's important we understand that. But how effective can you be in pleasing God and leading people to Christ if your testimony is one of being filled with sin in your life? How can you do that? How can you be strong spiritually? I can tell you this. To lead people to Christ, you need to be a strong, maturing Christian. I can tell you, people that that don't lead people to Christ ever, one of the reasons why is because they're not maturing. They're not growing. And there, there's a, a, a person that is growing spiritually. You can mark it down. One of the indicators, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, actually, it was last, last, uh, last Wednesday. Is the fact that we're bearing fruit. Remember we talked about I and him and he and me. And abiding in him and talking about um, bearing fruit in our life. And there's a lot of different types of fruit that we can bear in our life. But I can tell you this, guaranteed, as a child of God, if you are not involved in, in seeing people come to know Christ as their Savior, you cannot say that you're bearing fruit. You can't. You have to be involved in seeing people come to know Because that's, that's the reason why we're here. And I know we're here to edify one another. We're here to encourage one another. Edify one another. Encourage one another to do what? To be silent? No, to be ambassadors for Christ. Uh, to be uh, contenders for the faith, to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and I can tell you this right now, in the world we live in today, there are a lot of people that they don't want to do that. There are a lot of Christians that aren't doing that. And there's a lot of, lot of people that, that are, are, they think that, well, I go to church on Sunday morning, I go to church on Wednesday night, and everything's fine. But God wants us to grow in between Sunday and Wednesday. And then to Sunday again. God wants us to continue to grow as a child of God. And, and I, I'm just encouraging and challenging you. I want our church to grow. 
I want our church to grow spiritually. I want for us to have victory in our life. And if we are constantly dealing with the sin issue, struggling with the sin, and, and, and being set back all the time, and falling all the time, it, it is going, it's a problem for us to grow spiritually. And so we have to look at it. You know, as believers, there are several things that we all have in common. Look around at everybody today. All of us have several things in common. Some of you are like, I don't look anything like that person. Amen. Yeah, you're probably glad you don't look like some. But do you realize we have the same common Savior? Every one of us do if you're a child of God. That's the only way you can be saved. A couple of times in this series I've talked about if you're ever going to see spiritual growth, it has to start with coming to know Christ as your personal Savior. And I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. As far as I know, everybody here, personal testimony is you trust in Christ your Savior. I can't take that for granted, though, because I can tell you people that have been part of our church that were on church staff, their wife came to know Christ as their Savior after they left this church. And some of you know who I'm talking about. Praise the Lord for that, by the way, that they got saved. I had my oldest brother. He was 18 years old before he came to know Christ as Savior. He went to church his whole life. Dad is a pastor, sang in the church choir, got saved at 18 years old. So I don't take for granted that anybody is saved. I can't. Now, I believe you at your word as far as testimony's sake, between us and you, I'm not calling you a liar, but only God really knows what's in your heart. And so we, when we're talking about growing spiritually, there's some that will never grow spiritually because they've never been born again. They don't have the Holy Spirit of God. But if you are a child of God, we have this in common. We have the same Savior. We have the same salvation. We have the same future. By the way, look around at everybody that's here tonight. And if everybody here tonight is a child of God, that means we're all on our way to heaven. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Praise the Lord. That means I'm stuck with you for all eternity. Oh, I like it, though. It's good. I'm kidding around with you. That's family. That's right. So, I mean, if you don't like it here right now, boy, heaven's a long time. You're going to be stuck with me. You might as well make it right. Get it right now. Get everything good now and and enjoy the time because we're going to be together forever. I praise the Lord for that. We can have some fun with that. But we have the same future. But, you know, we also have a common problem. And the problem is sin. We still live in a sin-sick world. We still live in a sin-sick body. There's a battle that rages all the time. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians today that aren't growing because of that sin problem in their life. They're struggling with that. It seems like they, they can't get past first base. They're constantly fighting with this battle with sin, and they never get the victory. And God wants us to live the victorious Christian life. How many of y'all believe that tonight? God wants us to live the victorious Christian life. Amen? God wants you to have victory in your life. That victory can be in a lot of areas, but I can tell you, if you're, if you're not getting victory over sin in your life, you are not living the victorious Christian life. You've got to get victory. Now, that doesn't mean that you're never going to sin again. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us, is what the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 1. We know that. It says it several times throughout 1 John. Yes, we are sinners, but that's not, that doesn't mean that that, 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 that is what we live like all the time, where that's, we say, oh, well, I'm just a sinner. Oh, well, I'm just a sinner. And yeah, we're just a sinner saved by God's grace. But God wants us to move on and grow. God wants us to get victory in our life. God wants us to get the victory over that sin that so easily besets us. There's no reason why we have to continually fall, even though a wise man falls seven times and gets back up. Yeah, we ought to get back up. But why not get some victories in your life and have... I I love PJ's testimony last Sunday morning. She says, 10 years ago, God gave me victory over smoking. Well, praise the Lord. Is that the only sin that God can give victory over? So what in your life do you look at? It's that sin that seems like it keeps getting you, and it it keeps you from growing the way God wants you to grow. Why don't you ask God to give you victory over that? 
Ask God to give you victory over your mouth. I have to ask God to give victory. You know, I don't say things the way I should sometimes. And I, I'm convicted and I have to ask God to help me. But I want God to give me victory over that. When I say it that way, I'm not talking about swearing, cussing people out. I'm talking about not responding with a graceful answer and love the way I should at times. To the people I love the most. You all know what I'm talking about tonight, right? You understand. I'm talking about having a, a heart that is right, having a conversation that is right, having a life that is right. And we all have a problem of sin. I want you to notice, and we're going to come back to Psalm 119, but just notice this verse in Romans 5.12. Notice what it says. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. What's the point of this? We're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. We all struggle with sin. One of the greatest hindrances to our spiritual maturity is the failure to deal effectively with this problem of sin. And I'm really trying to challenge you with this tonight because this is one of those type of messages that is very simplistic. And yet I think that we need to be reminded of it and challenged with it. Because I don't think that every single person here tonight has conquered this problem with sin. Matter of fact, none of us have. And we need to understand that sin is going to keep you from growing spiritually if it's not handled properly. We should never take sin lightly or minimize the effect of sin in our life. And so tonight, I, I, want, I want to point out just a few things about dealing with this problem, the problem of sin. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you just speak to our hearts tonight. Thank you for this great psalm that we're looking at here tonight. I pray, Lord, you challenge our hearts Thank you for the, 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 the direction you give us through your word. And I pray, Lord, that we would desire it. I pray, Lord, that we would grow. I pray, Lord, that we would get victory in our life. Thank you for the victory we can have in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing I want us to notice tonight is this, that sin is the internal enemy of our development into spiritual mature Christians. And I've already said that over and over again, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. And so we, we, every one of us tonight, we're aware of its presence. I don't think there's anybody here that is naive enough to say, I don't, I'm not even aware I have this issue of this problem, the challenge of sin. We're aware of its evidence, and its presence in our life, and, and we know that we must keep it in check. It's something that we've got to, there's a battle that's raging. It is a war that's raging. Every one of us, we have this battle. And so the question is, how do we keep it in check? How do we keep that sin problem in our life in check? And so I want you to look here in Psalm 119, a great passage of Scripture, a wonderful psalm, has a lot to say on the subject. But I want you to jump down to verse number 9 to begin with tonight. Notice what it says. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Taking heed thereto according to Thy word. Okay, so how does a young man cleanse his way? How do we have a cleansing in our life? How do we have victory in our life? Well, take heed to your daily life and make sure you're studying the word of God. Take heed of what you're doing. Take heed thereto according to thy word. Take heed to how you are spending your life, what you're doing in your life. Uh, decide what direction you're headed and, and plan the steps of your life you might say, according to the Word of God. And for us to know what God's Word wants us to do, we've got to study the Word of God. In order for us to heed it in our life and have it direct us in our life, we have to study. And so, you know, you think about it. We're looking in life. We're talking about direction in life. We're talking about wanting to grow spiritually. We're talking about wanting to run the race well. 
We're talking about wanting to get to the end of that race and having uh, Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I I want God to say that in my life. But if that's going to happen in my life, I have to make sure that I'm taking heed thereto according to thy word in every walk and every step of life that I'm in. Here's the thing. We need to be very careful that we're using the word of God to to guide us. Because, you know, it's easy to get led astray in life. It's so easy to get led astray. And there's, there's a couple of ways we can get led astray. Just to give you just an illustration to think about. But, the, but here's one. Here's one way we can be led astray. By carefully following a misleading map. No matter how careful I am in following it, I can be led astray. There are a lot of people today that are following all kinds of other things than the Word of God. They're following man's word. They're following what that doctor said over there. They're following what they believe in their heart. They're following their own heart directing them. And they're, they're following all kinds of things. But here's the problem. If a map is wrong, if it's misleading, no matter how hard you try to follow it, you could follow it right down to the T, but if it's a bad map, you're not going to end in the right direction or the right, the right place, the right destination. You're going to get off. You all know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever had GPS get them off because it was a, a bad directions? I had that happen. We were out in California, and I was trying to get from point A to point B, and there were a lot of mountains in the areas we were in, and point A, to get to point B, it took us up this two-track, up the side of this mountain. And this was back in the days when GPS wasn't that common. I had it on my, my phone. It was one of the original, I mean, it was a Windows CE phone, if you know what that is. It was back in the day, all right? And it was guiding us, and it was directing us, and I was following it. My wife was saying the whole time, we're going to end up lost. And I was like, no, I'm following the directions. I'm following. And then we ended up going over. You ever gone over those, those rails on the road that keeps the cows in? You all know what I'm talking about? I know a lot of you have been out west. You know what I'm talking about. Well, we went over several of those. And some had gates on them. The gates were open, though, so I kept on driving. Oh. Well, we ended up nowhere near where we thought we were going to end up. We ended up at the top of this. I think the the place we ended up, it was, I can't remember the name of the town, but it said that the the number of people in town was like 20, I think. It had a a sign and everything. And we're like, it's getting dark. I mean, we're up on the side of this mountain. Where are we going to stay? Well, where is there any place to stay in town? The Jack Rabbit Inn. That's where we stayed. (laughs) That's exactly what it was called, the Jack Rabbit Inn. And we stayed there. And my wife, and I'll tell you, she'll never let me forget that trip. She's, she's smiling back because she remembers that. You know, sometimes we have to be careful what we're following in life. Because you can get led astray. If you're not following something that is absolute truth, you've got to question it. You've got to say, okay, hang on a minute here. And so that's, that's the thing. Let me go to the second point, though. We can also be led astray by ignoring the perfectly accurate map, no matter how accurate it is. Should I ask the question, have you ever been following your GPS and it knew what it was doing, but you didn't know what you were doing? Yeah, that's happened too. Or following a map that was a perfectly good map, but you you, kind of took your eyes off it, you missed that turn. Anybody ever missed a turn heading back to your home and ended up four hours out of the way? I've heard stories that it can happen. But we can get led astray by ignoring a perfectly accurate map. So what is the map for your life? What is giving you direction in your life? What is the perfect thing in your life that will give you direction in which way you're supposed to go? Somebody raise your hand and tell me. Help me out. Yes, sir. The Word of God. Absolutely. The Word of God. And so it's important that we get into the Word of God. It's important that this is the directions for our life. This is the final authority for our life. This is absolute truth. How many of y'all believe this is absolute truth right here? Amen. All right. So why are you following other things then? 
So why would you follow something that is contrary to the Word of God when it comes to direction in your life? So that's a challenge to us. All right, so if you want to make sure that you're on the right path, you better follow the right directions. That's the Word of God. And you better make sure that you're following the Word of God. Don't just say it. It's not just something you say on a Wednesday night and you're in church, you say amen to. You say it by how you're living your life, by what you're doing with your life. And so following the Word of God. So we must study the Word of God and watch our lives carefully. And that's our key verse. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Taking heed, following the word of God, making an on-purpose decision that we're going to get into the word of God and study the word of God and know what is the right direction. What if you're, maybe somebody gives you some directions, but they aren't, they're not right directions. How do you know whether they're right or wrong? How do you determine whether they're right or wrong? Simple question, you ought to know the answer. Go back to the Bible. So you've got to study the word of God. Otherwise, you don't know. You don't have a... There's a lot of Christians that are going through life and they're saying, oh, I want to be the victorious Christian. Oh, I want to have victory over sin. Oh, I want to grow as a Christian. Yet they don't even read the Word of God. They're not eating spiritual food. They're not nourishing spiritually daily and heeding it and letting it guide them. And that's the reason why they don't have victory. And they step back and say, I just don't know why I can't get the victory. And so I'm challenging you tonight. Grow spiritually. And the way you're going to grow spiritually, it's found right here. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Get into the word of God. Have a daily time when you're reading and studying the word of God. And don't just read it because you said you read it. Read it by studying it and applying it to your life. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Listen to the word of God. And so... The second thing I want you to notice is this, is that there's, there's going to be opposition. We have to realize there's going to be opposition. For you to do what we're talking about tonight as a Christian, living the victorious Christian life, following the Word of God, studying the Word of God, following God's direction for your life, you mark it down, there's going to be a lot of opposition. If you're going to do right, you're going to be having a, a opposition to you. And I want you to look here. Look at the progression we see here. Look back at Psalm 119. Jump to verse 51. We're going to look at several verses right down through this chapter. I say chapter, this psalm. Look at um, verse number number 51. Notice what it says. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from what? Thy law. Okay, jump to verse 61. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten what? Thy law. Look at verse 69. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Look at verse 79. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. But I will meditate in thy precepts. Okay, what's the precepts? What's that talking about? We've seen it there now twice. What are precepts? What's that talking about? What's that? The Word of God, absolutely. This is talking about the Word of God. We see this whole psalm is talking about the Word of God again and again and again and again. And how important that it is. Look at verse number, oh, let's see here. Jump down to verse number 85. The proud have digged pits for me, which are not after, there it is again, thy law, the Word of God. Psalm 119, look at verse number 110. Jump down there. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. There we are, back once again. 
Okay, so what are we seeing here? What, what, what is the, the common denominator in each of these verses? I've already said it. What is it? The Word of God. Absolutely. All right, so we go back to the very first thing that we looked at in verse number 9. Look at it again. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his ways? By taking heat thereto according to thy word. And then he goes and gives all these examples of how the word of God delivered him. How the word of God gave him victory in his life. How he went back to the word of God and, and found the victory there. And so the, the only thing that kept this, the, the psalmist from falling as a result of the opposition that was against him was the word of God. I can tell you this tonight with absolute certainty. The only thing that's going to keep you from falling when that opposition comes against you in your life is going to be the Word of God. Amen. You've got to get the Word of God in your life. You've got to let that direct you. That's got, you've got to let that be what is the, the absolute truth in your life. So we must realize that there's going to be opposition. Thirdly, we must recognize that our own hearts are evil. Our own hearts are evil. Look at verse number 10. Notice what it says. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. With my whole heart I've sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. You see, it's our natural tendency to drift away from a full and joyful obedience to the Word of God. It is a natural thing. I'm talking about humanly speaking now. I'm talking about the old sinful nature. It's our natural tendency to drift away from the full and joyful obedience to the Word of God. And so we need to be very careful that we, we, we are not allowing our hearts to, to, to dictate what we're going to do. We need to be very careful that we're not allowing that heart be what decides what we're going to do as far as what is, what's right and what's wrong in our life. What does Jeremiah have to say about the, our hearts? You remember Jeremiah 17, 9? It says there that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? A lot of Christians today, they're saying, well, I'm just being led by my heart. I just do what my heart says. And, and the thing is, if, we let, if we're led by our heart, making a decision by what's in our heart, you can mark it down. You're going to make wrong decisions. And so there's opposition, not only from without people will attack us, but there's opposition from within. You ever had a battle within yourself about doing right and wrong? Anybody else here? Yeah, I have. Well, you're struggling with that, that battle from the inside. Your old flesh wants to do it this way, and yet you know that that's the wrong way. Or the old flesh wants to do it this way, and you might get victory this time, and it keeps working at it, keeps working at it. Before you know it, you give in to the old flesh. Or you get to the place where you say, well, you know what? I know the Word of God says this, but I just feel... <laughs> Hey, be careful with that one. That'll get you in trouble really fast. Well, I just feel. I've heard that before. And then I've had people that I've tried to share with, that I've, I've shared with them principles, precepts from the Word of God. I've shared with them the truth from the Word of God, and they'll say things like this. Well, preacher, thank you for your opinion. I just feel. <laughs> That's the next step. <laughs> and at that point, you know you're in trouble, because when you've gotten to the place where your opinion their opinion. They're the ones with opinion. I'm giving them the truth from the Word of God. And when they call the truth from the Word of God preacher's opinion, and then they do what they want to do according to how they feel in their heart, man, you're in trouble. And it's so sad. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen with people that I've seen a lot of people, people you wouldn't expect it from. And they get to the place where they, they, they are, you know, they're away from God. They're doing their thing and you try to challenge them with the word of God. And they have, they have allowed sin to have victory in their life. 
They, it used to be that the first step was maybe not being in church as what they used to be, and maybe not reading the Word of God as what they used to, maybe not praying the way that they used to, and, and getting all the way over to the fact that they stop coming to church, and you go and try to encourage them to come back, and they, they say, well, preacher, thank you for your opinion. Wow, such a change in your life. How, do, how does that happen? I can tell you how it happens. Because there's opposition from without. There's people that will try to attack you and attack you and try to get you to do something you shouldn't do. The devil will try to attack you. There's opposition against you. And then you, from the inside, you've got that, the old sinful nature. That, and you've got the devil on top of all of that trying to destroy you. We have to realize there's opposition. There's a lot of opposition. And the only answer to that opposition is the word of God. And we see that. The psalmist here, he says how he was delivered, 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 delivered. Why? Because of the word of God. The word of God is the key for us having deliverance to the opposition, both without and within. And so we must realize that there will be opposition. Number three, we must recognize that our own hearts are evil. And then fourthly, I want you to notice something, if you would, uh, with me. Notice the progression forward. Look at verse number 10. Jump there, if you would. You know, before, before I do that, let me go back. One, let me just say one other thing. Talking about that, that the person that is going down that path because of what they feel. Here, here's a sad truth. There are a lot of Christians that are doing that because they think they're not going to be the one that gets caught. A lot of times that's what happens. They've got that opposition from without. They've got the opposition from within. They've got the struggle that goes on. They think that and many times they'll give in to that opposition and they end up sinning. They end up doing something that perhaps, I mean, earlier in their life they'd never do. And they think that they're not going to get caught. They think that they can dabble with that sin and it's not going to affect them. They think they can play with fire and not get burnt. And yet the Word of God, the Apostle Paul, you know, he said this over in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. He said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever men soweth, that shall he also reap. Okay, so if he's saying, be not deceived, what is the deceiving part here that we're talking about? When he says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever men soweth, that shall they also reap. What is the deceit part? Help me out. Think about it with me. I want you to put your thinking on. Think about what it's talking about. Be not deceived. What's that? Okay, don't be fooled by the evil. Exactly. The deceit is that you think you can get away with it. The deceiving part, yes, is being over here in the opposition and giving in to the sin. Yeah, but this what he's talking about here is you think you can do that and get away with it. It's not going to harm you. You think you can do that. It's not going to affect you in being a leader or being a, a person that's able to lead spiritually. You think you can do that and, 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 and be the p- proper godly husband that God wants you to be. You think you can do that and be the proper parent that God wants you to be for your children. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. You're going to do some sowing, you mark it down, you're going to reap it. If you want to go down that path and you want to say, hey, I, I, you know, I'm going to follow my heart on the issue or I'm going to let opposition from the outside, peer pressure, pressure me into doing something and, or the devil tempt me into doing something, you mark it down that, that sin is going to, to have its course in your life. Sin brings destruction in our life. And God, that's why he, there's so many do's and don'ts in the Word of God. God's trying to keep us from the hurt of what sin causes because God loves us. 
He's trying to keep us away from those things that are going to bring destruction and harm to our relationships, to our lives, to our marriages, to our family, to our church, to you as an individual. God's trying to keep you from that. But don't be deceived. You want to make a decision to give in to that old flesh, make a decision to give in to the peer pressure of, of the outside pressure that's on you, the pressures at work, the pressures in the different places you go, the pressure of that old sinful nature. Don't be deceived. If you're going to do it, know this. You're going to pay the price. You're going to pay the price. You reap what you sow. There's things I've reaped in my life I wished I hadn't. Every one of us today, we can look back at things we've done in our life. And you know what? I wished I hadn't done them. Learn. Grow by that. Learn. Grow by that. Get into the Word of God. Desire that God would would cleanse your ways. Desire that God... You know what? I don't want to live a life of regrets. I don't want to get to the end of my life and have a life full of regrets. I've got regrets. So there's some in my life I've got. And we all, we all struggle with regrets. There's every one of us. But you know what? Those are self-chosen. And my life's not over yet. I have a lot of life ahead of me if the Lord's willing. It might be tomorrow. But I have between now and then to not live a life of regrets. Make a decision. I can tell you this. You're going to regret not following the word of God for your life. You're going to regret giving into the opposition on the outside, on the inside. You're going to regret it because be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever men soweth, that shall they also reap. Don't fool yourself into thinking you can get away with sin. Don't be deceived by it. Notice, if you would, the progression forward. Look, look if you would now, Psalm 119. Look at verse number 10. <clears throat> With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hidden mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. There's some wonderful things that we see here. We see some wonderful things. First of all, you notice that he began to seek God with his whole heart. You know, we are seeking something in this life. There are a lot of people that are seeking jobs. They're seeking money. They're seeking fame. They're seeking whatever the the flesh desires. They're seeking things with their whole heart. Here we see that the psalmist, he says here, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Let me ask you, are you seeking God with your whole heart? Today, did you seek God with your whole heart? Did you seek Him as you went into His Word and you studied the Word of God? Can you say with the psalmist that with my whole heart I sought Thee? That ought to be our desire. That ought to be what we do. Oh, let me not wonder from Thy commandments. It's a prayer. Lord, I'm seeking after You with my whole heart. I don't want to wander away from the truth of Your Word. You know, we have a promise from God on this. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Why is God silent? Why do I feel so out of touch with God? Why can't I get the victory? Why does it seem like God is not in, the power of God is not in my life like it perhaps once was? And ye shall seek me and find me 
when ye shall search for me with all your heart. That challenges me. You know what? We need to make it a on purpose decision that we're seeking the Lord with all of our heart. I'm not just talking about on a Wednesday night, on a hot June night. I'm talking about every single day. We need to make a decision to say, I am going to make a decision that I'm going to seek God with all my heart today. Can you imagine how that would change your priorities and what you're doing if you'd seek God with all of your heart every day? Every day. Making a decision as a psalmist, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Not only that, but we see that he began to treasure God's word. Verse 11. Somebody quote that for me. Verse 11. Would you quote it? First person, go ahead. Go ahead, Catherine. Absolutely. He treasured it. He knew it was really what would allow him to have victory over that sin in his life. Treasuring it so much that it was something that he put into memory. He put it into his heart. Most precious thing to him. You you remember anything in your life that you memorized because it was so precious to you? Anybody? Some of you still remember your first girlfriend's phone number. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't. It's this, this fan. That's great. Amen. Twelve verses. That's awesome. Okay, memorize mom and dad's phone number and twelve verses of the Bible because it was so precious to them. What else? Anybody? I'm just trying to get you to think about this a little bit. Things you memorized because they were so precious to you. I could get in trouble right here. The reason I say that is because you memorize your kid's birthday. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yep. I won't quote mine. I did that one service, and I had to go delete this program because I'd said, I'd said too much of the, that information. Yeah, you memorize it, right? Some of you got your, your credit cards memorized so you can buy stuff quick. Yeah. <laughs> Owen, your mom's phone. Isn't that a precious number? It is, isn't it? Amen. Anybody else? I can still remember Charity's phone number. 613-332-5669. That's up in Canada. You guys want to call it? Go right ahead. You can call it. 613-332-5669. I remember it. I'll never forget that number. Ooh. 637-6357? Wow. They don't need the area code back then. They didn't have them back then, I don't think. Oh, is it? oh, okay, all right. <laughs> yep, you remember those things, don't you? How much of the Word of God do you remember? How much of the Word of God have you studied to a place where you memorized it because it was so precious to you? It was a treasure, something that you couldn't live without. And by the way, the truth of the matter is, if you want to live spiritually the way God wants you to live, you can't live without it. You need to memorize it. When you need to put more verses. You say, well, I just can't do that. You'd be amazed. There's people I've heard say that that knew every single statistic and stat when it came to baseball for a team. I challenge you. 
I mean, some of you know everything about whatever it is that you deal with, but because why? It's, it's what your heart desire is. It, it's what you're longing for and you desire that. I, I struggle with that because there's times I have to really be careful because there's some things that really get my attention. And we need to be so careful we don't allow those things to have predominance in our life over the Word of God. He began to treasure God's Word. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee again. We have a promise from God. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We also see there that he began to enjoy God's Word as much as he enjoyed the other blessings or the greatest blessings you possibly perhaps could have. In verse 14 he says, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I mean, he's making progress, we see here. You know, when the Word of God becomes something that we desire, something that we treasure, something we enjoy, then we'll see the victory over sin in our life that we say we desire. We'll see that victory. You see, our our life as a a believer, the, the believer's life is likened to a walk. Now, and that walk, it suggests progress. Believers, their, their life is like a walk. Walking with the Lord. Doesn't that not suggest progress? Walking, moving forward, growing spiritually, being more and more, being more and more like Christ daily? Did, did Christ not save you? Did He not make you a new creature? I want you to turn over, if you would, Romans chapter So many verses I'd like to share. Let's just start reading. Look at verse 1. There's so many verses that are so applicable we're talking about tonight. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life is Jesus is Christ Jesus. Um, in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and, what's the next word? Peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity with God. What's that word enmity mean? What's that? Enemy, yeah. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh 
cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, what does that mean, mortify? Put the death, right? The deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. I'm going to stop right there, but there's such challenging verses here. And so I want to challenge you tonight. Are you saved? You're a child of God on your way to heaven, number one. Are you growing? If not, why not? It's really that simple. Are you growing? Are you overcoming in your life? Are you struggling with this problem of sin? Why not apply the Bible answer and gain victory in your life? Do you want the victory? Don't give up. Do you want the victory? You know, Paul, he asked the question, look back if you would in your Bible there, look at chapter 6, look at verse number 1. Look what it says. Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Should, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We usually stop right there, but look at what he says on further. Look at the rest of the verse. Look what it says. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How shall we? Why are we continuing on down this path, following after the, the, the old flesh, following after the, the, the attack on the outside that's trying to guide us or trying to, to tempt us to go that way? Why are we continuing down that way? Hey, listen, that way was what led to death to begin with. Why are we going that way? I'm a child of God. I can be at peace in my life and know that I'm a child of God. And I'm a joint heir with the Son. I'm on my way to heaven. I've got the Spirit of God within me. Why would I choose to go down that path? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. And once again, we see in Psalm 119, verse 9. I'll just read it to you. You don't need to turn there. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How do you do it? By taking heed thereto according to thy word taking heed to the Word of God. You've got to get in the Word of God. You've got to study the Word of God. You've got to desire it with your whole heart. You have to put it inside your heart. You have to have it as a treasure to you that's more valuable than anything in this world. And, and, and ask God to give you victory in your life. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed as we pray. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your Word. I pray, Lord, that we would live a life that is filled with victory. Lord, that we would be surrendered to you. 
Lord, that we would allow for you to work in our life, Lord, as we study your word, that we'd obey your word, Lord, that we'd hide your word in our heart, that we would not sin against you. Lord, that we desire with our whole heart our purpose in living is to be for your good pleasure, for your glory, for your honor, that we would produce fruit in our life. Our heads are bowed, our eyes closed tonight. Let me ask you, do you know Christ as your Savior? Time in your life you look back to, you know you've been born again, you know you're on your way to heaven, you're a child of God. You're going to grow spiritually, you've got to start by being born again. You're here tonight, you say, Preacher, I know I'm saved, I've been born again, I'm on my way to heaven. If that's your testimony, would you just lift your hand up, say, Yes, I know I'm saved, I know I'm going to heaven. God bless you. You put your hands down. Praise the Lord for that. Is God speaking to your heart tonight? It might be tonight, you just need to say, Lord, I, I want to desire you with all of my heart, I want to desire your word might be that God is speaking to your heart tonight about reading and studying the Word of God or memorizing it. It might be tonight that God is speaking to your heart about the direction you're headed in your life. Decisions that you're making, choices that you've made. I'm so thankful tonight that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God speaking to your heart tonight. You might need to just come tonight and say, Lord, I want to have victory in my life. Lord, I want you to lead me. I want to walk your way. I want to be led by your spirit, Lord. I want to be, uh, obey your word. Lord, I pray you'd move in this time of invitation, Lord, that we would respond to your voice. Lord, that we would desire to grow spiritually. Lord, that we would not allow to have sin that would reign in our life, have victory in our life. Or that we would choose your path, your way, your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I invite.
Just a quick note before we stand and, and dismiss in prayer, give you an update of what's happening as far as the renovations. The um, uh, LVP, the, the tile that we've been waiting for for the back of the auditorium, the new auditorium, um, was supposed to come in June 2nd. It did not. And I got a call today. It's supposed to be arriving tomorrow morning. So praise the Lord for that. And so that's good news. Um, now pray that we can get in the schedule somehow to get the installers back. And so this time of the year is really tough. So be in prayer about that if you would. Um, we'll get that LVP installed. Once we get that installed, um, we can move back in. There are some things we still need to do, but we'll be able to get back in there. And um, if you're willing to help do some trim, the top trim needs to go back up. That can go back up. Um, and we're going to be using an air nailer to do that. So if, you, if you're interested in helping with that, let me know. Um, that's got to go back. Once we get the LVP in, then we can put most of the trim on the floor back up as well. Appreciate Brother Harold and, and Gary. They uh, took all that trim that was on the floor. They were, took it to his house, um, to Gary's house, and um, basically took the top layer off of it and uh, painted that. So that's all ready to go. These guys have done a great job with that. So if, you're, if you'd like to help with uh, getting some things done over there, let me know. There's some things we want to try to get done, and uh, that's kind of where we're at. Chairs. I got an email to Dave. Um, they left port. I, I didn't realize when we ordered these, they came from China. But they left port out of China. They're going to be arriving at the end of July here in the U.S. And so, but you know what? People, you think about it. It's been nice to not have to worry about moving those chairs back and forth and finding a place to store them. So God has a perfect plan and time for it. And uh, we're probably going to be seeing them, I'm guessing at this point, toward the beginning of August. And we ordered them last October. But praise the Lord. Perfect timing, right? Let's all stand up. We'll be dismissed. Pray the chairs will come in too. <laughs> Brother Randy, would you dismiss us in prayer? <laughs> yeah, and by Thanksgiving, yeah. Amen.